why don't you get your Bibles and turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to conclude today a series that I started really several weeks ago uh, that I called New Norm. New Norm. And, and it was really something that God put on my heart that he wanted us to go to a new place, to go deeper with him, um, and, and to really move forward in some depth, in, in some areas. And, and also in this series, I've, I've kind of played a couple of things off each other. Like there's kind of the, the cultural norms, and, and then there's the biblical norms. And, and sometimes there's even like cultural church norms. And then there's like New Testament believer norms. And when we kind of talked about those, we've talked about how based on the New Testament, we invest our life here for how we're going to spend eternity. In fact, how we live this life determines how we spend eternity. And I'm all about grace. It's true. What I believe here determines where I spend eternity, but how I live here determines how I spend eternity. And, and New Testament believers were actually more focused on eternity than they were this present world, which is why they walked through so many tough things and persecution and trial and never lost faith because their eyes weren't fixed on this world, right? And so we said, hey, it's kind of abnormal to spend all of my time fixating on this world, worried about this world. That's kind of abnormal, really. And we said New Testament believers, actually, it was normal for them to think about the rewards that they were going to receive in eternity based on how they lived here. And, and last week, we even talked about how no, normal Christianity is believing the impossible. Are you with me? And so I, I wish I could recap all those. And by the way, I would encourage you to go back and listen to all those. And by the way, if you were here for all those, go back and listen to all those because you didn't get it. You sat there one time, you got some of it, but you didn't get all of it. So listen to it again. Right? I mean, there are certain pastors and speakers that I even listen to um, in my own just devotion time because I don't go to church and someone preaches to me. I have to dig it out for myself. And so there are different pastors that I listen to for, for my own self. And, and when I find good messages, I just listen to them about 12 times, right? Because I didn't get it the first time. So I'm just telling you, even if you were here all the weeks, you don't even remember what the first message was about. And so you need to go back and listen again because it will help you. Is that okay? Can we just be honest? You don't remember what TV show you watched this week. Anyways, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is the world we live in. Um, Anyways, the only thing we remember is who didn't like our Instagram post. All right, so, in, <laughs> but, um, but I want to kind of continue as I'm concluding this series kind of and, and, and kind of contrast some norms, and, and I want to apply it to the Bible because in the Bible, um, you need to understand that, that the Bible is, is in the Word of God and the kingdom of God is not a microwave. It's more like an oven, Right? And, and we live in a microwave society, right? I mean, most of us have no idea that produce comes from a field. We think it comes from a window. <laughs> like, in some cases, if our window broke, we'd starve to death. Like, I can't get food in this car. How can I get food in my stomach? Like, produce doesn't come from a grocery store. It comes from a field somewhere, right? Is this Okay. And so our culture kind of has trained us to be microwave thinkers, like everything's supposed to happen yesterday. In fact, we're beyond microwave thinkers because our culture has told us it's normal. Even if I want something that I don't really need, I can use a piece of plastic and charge it on credit in hope that I can pay off something I didn't really have to have in the next 12 months. And that's normal. 
right? Because like when you're talking about, the Bible talks about seed and time and harvest. So there's always seed and harvest. And that's what we're going to talk about in just a minute. But, but seed, time and harvest means there's a shovel, then there's a sickle. In America, we just want to run around with a sickle. Like, where's my harvest, God? And the problem is we've applied this idea to God that God's supposed to do it now. And if God didn't do it now, he's not going to do it. And I need a miracle, and I got prayed for, and it didn't happen. God didn't zap me, and so that means God's not going to heal me, and there's no provision for me, or, or I need something from God, and it didn't come in a zap. And, and we've kind of regulated the norm of the religious zap And we haven't understood that that's the exception, not the rule. Because God said there's seed and time and harvest, not microwaves. And so we don't know how to, we actually don't know how to get the provision of God outside of a zap. And that's what's scary to me. Are you with me? Because our culture runs around and says, no, if you want it, buy it today and hope you can pay for it tomorrow. Use the sickle and then get the shovel. Move in with them now, and if it works all right, then think about getting married. Get the sickle and then the shovel. Is this okay? Are you breathing? Right? Is that okay? Is that not what our culture says? I mean, it's just, it's, and if we're not careful, we'll think, well, that's normal. Like I spend a lot of time with my kids trying to explain. What you heard is not normal. What you experienced, that's, that's this world. Let me, let's talk about what's actually normal. And so I think that in our, in our churches, if we're not careful, we apply this kind of cultural norm of the microwave and the zap, and we don't know how to move kingdom any other way than God zapping. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. And so Mark chapter 4, kind of an interesting text. It talks about seed and soils. In fact, there, there are four uh, parables in Mark chapter 4. Three of them deal with seeds and soils. In fact, in the day, um, in this day in the life of Jesus that we see in Mark chapter 4, if you put all of it together, all the gospels together, he taught 13 parables on seeds and soils in one day. And you thought, I preach for a long time. (laughs) And so in Mark chapter 4, verse 26, and he said, the kingdom of God is. Now, time out here. You need to understand something that I don't think that our culture understands. And that is that, that Christianity was never supposed to be a religion. In fact, your Bible and everything that it says will not work as a religion. Because it's, it's not a religious handbook as much as it is the constitution of a kingdom. And so as long as we look at Christianity like a religion and the Bible like a religious handbook that tells us formulas and things and how to act as religious participants, it will never work. You understand there was one group of people that Jesus could not get along with. They were religious people. Now we've taken his words, turned it into a religion and asked him to honor it. And he's like, never been about a religion, always been about a kingdom. I just, let me just say this one more time, even though I know you got it, but just in case you didn't, this doesn't work as a religion. That's why most people are frustrated. 
because you thought this was about a religion and learning how to live inside of a religion, and this is only about a kingdom. And the Bible has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with the kingdom. And religions and kingdoms don't work the same way. Kingdoms work by the grace of the king. Religions work by, by the works of the people. Are you with me? So, so Jesus would, more than any other subject he ever preached, Jesus talked about this thing called the kingdom of God. Do you know why? Because he was a king. And it was all about a kingdom. Jesus never talked about the religion of God. God's not religious at all. That's why he never fits in your box. And so Jesus would talk and he would say, the kingdom of God is like, and then he'd say, if you have ears, then, then let him hear. And he wasn't because he wasn't talking to deaf people. He was talking to people that he knew could hear it and not hear it because they weren't listening to the right message the right way. They, they had some filters. And so in this, in this chapter, he says, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So he is actually going to tell us how the kingdom works. And that's important because this will only work the way he says it works. Okay. And so scattering seed on the ground, he sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows and he knows not why. Do you know why I love that verse? Because the kingdom will work even if you don't completely understand it. If you understand it's a kingdom. Like I don't know, have to know, I don't have to understand how this works. I just have to understand the context it works in. <laughs> verse 28, the earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. The harvest has come. I call this message Miracle Seeds. Miracle Seeds. I could have called it Kingdom Seeds, but I want you to understand that, that God moves outside of the zap, that actually God has provision and his provision, he didn't, he, his provision wasn't about this zap that we fixate on, like instantaneous something has to happen. His provision was actually something else. And, and if I can do this, I can free you from, from the televangelist who tells you if you give $500 in the next 15 minutes that there's a special anointing that's going to rest on your life. Let me help you with something. The anointed one is in you and you don't buy it. There is a harsh reality in the Bible when a man tried to buy an anointing. Right? And they say, if you give in the next eight minutes, then God's going to do this, but you got to give this amount of money. And then ironically, if they don't raise enough, they're like, I hear God saying, we'll extend it four more minutes. <laughs> and we laugh, but they do it because people send in money. Because they know how to prostitute hope. Is this okay? I think there's just some crap that we need to talk about so we can actually get to the kingdom. Anyways. <laughs> so here's what you need to understand. 
Do you know that God has provided for everything you need? God's never made any more oxygen. God made Adam and Eve after he'd made the oxygen and the food and the air they breathe, right? Like, if God would have made Adam and Eve on the first day, they'd had to tread water while they were waiting on the land. If he'd made them like day four, they'd have been like, we can't breathe, you know? God, but, but God created everything. He's never made another cow. But many of us had a hamburger this week. Praise God for hamburgers. Amen. I mean, they're mostly vegetarian, really. Cows eat grass. Are you with me? A hamburger's just highly processed grass. Kind of like ice cream is highly processed salad. The cow eats the grass. It's really health food. People are like, you a vegetarian? I'm like, yeah, everything I've eaten, somehow there's been a vegetable or some grass or something involved in. <coughs> Amen. Anyways. <laughs> but, but let me pull back a minute and say, but, but so God has this provision for everything. He's already provided everything. But, but if we don't know how to move provision into our lives and into, in fact, let me say it this way. Heaven is full of provision. Earth is full of lack. Why is earth full of lack? Because it was cut off from heaven. How was it cut off from heaven? Adam fell. What was the link between heaven and earth? Man. So Jesus came to restore the kingdom. He gave us the keys. Why? So we could move the provision of heaven back into the earth. We're the missing link. But if we think that we're powerless and the only thing we can do is wait for the zap of God, then we'll spend all of our time praying for God to do something he's given us the power to do. Jesus actually didn't say, go and pray for the sick. He said, go heal them. Do you know why? Because the power to heal them is not in heaven, it's in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead... Like four of you even understand what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Do you know why you bow your head when you pray? Because God's here. Amen. <laughs> right? He's not up there. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. And we put that on Instagram and Twitter and we forget the B part of the verse. Through the power that's at work in us. Okay, so, so I call this miracle seeds because you need to understand how to grow a miracle. So Mark chapter 4, you might want to write a couple of things down. This is the first thing that you'd probably want to write down, and that is that the provision is in the seed. It's the first thing Jesus is trying to tell us, that, that the provision is in the seed. Verse 26 of Mark chapter 4, he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So he's actually, the kingdom of God is as if. He's actually telling us how the kingdom of God works. Not the religion of God, but how the kingdom of God works. In fact, in verse 11, he said, It's been given to you to know the secrets of the kingdom. In other words, like, shh, I'm telling you a secret. I'm telling you how the kingdom works, right? And, and then if you look in verse, in verse 13, he says, if you don't understand this parable, then how are you going to understand all the other parables? 
In verse 13, he's talking about the parable of the soils, which I'll get to in just a minute, but it's still the same thing. There's seeds scattered in their soil. And he's like, if you don't understand seeds and soil, you won't be able to understand the kingdom. And none of the other parables really have the right context. Notice he didn't say the kingdom of God is like the televangelist, and I'm not against the televangelist, unless he does stupid things like trying to sell you a blessing. And then you should turn it off because that's satanic, in my opinion. At least it was in the New Testament, but that was normal then, and now we have this crazy world. Anyways, right? But, it, but the kingdom of heaven is, is like, and he doesn't say a microwave. He doesn't say this app. He said the kingdom of heaven is like seeds and soil. Like th- this, is, this is how the kingdom works. In fact, Genesis 8 is where he says, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. Notice there's time in between the shovel and the sickle. It's not a microwave. I know most of the time it feels like seed time. Uh, I, know, I know that's how it feels. And then harvest. But, but there is some time in there. And I'm going to be honest with you. The, the victory of harvest is always won in the time. We'll get to that. You'll, you'll like that. But we'll get to that. But, it, but he says as long as... The earth remains seed, time, and harvest. The way God works is the way the kingdom works. You see, the, the seed, the seed is powerful, and the seed, but listen to me, what is the seed? The seed is the word of God. In fact, in verse 14, he actually tells us this. The sower sows the word. So he said, a sower sowing seed, but the seed is the, is the word. That the word of God is actually the seed of God to produce the kingdom of God. It's actually not a book of suggestions or ideas. It's not a religious guidebook to tell you how to get the great power in the sky to do something. Are you with me? That, that it's, actually, it's actually almost more, more, like, um, almost more like Ellis Pottery. <laughs> like whatever you want to grow, you go to Ellis Pottery and you get the seed for it. Are you hearing me? And so, and so it's, it's more like that than it is. You know, wouldn't it be strange to be sitting in a storehouse or sitting, sitting in a storehouse that's full of seeds and starved to death? Wouldn't that be bad? Wouldn't that be tragic? Yet believers do it every day. I, I don't have a Thompson chain Bible. When I grew up in the 80s, that was what you had to have to be anointed. And it had to be the original King James because God only speaks King James. It's interesting. Jesus didn't even speak English at all, but, but somehow God speaks King James. And, um, religion, so fun. Um, but they would get to preaching, and, they, and if you had the King James, I don't have the Bible because I got my notes on this with all the scriptures so I don't get lost and you don't have to wait on me to turn. Does that make sense? So this is technology. I, I like it, but, but, um, but they would slap that Bible, you know, and they'd be preaching and slapping that Bible. Um, but if I had a Bible, I would actually wave it today and say, there's a storehouse with seeds in it, right? Like, like if, if you're wondering if God's called you to prosper, Deuteronomy eight, remember the Lord for it's he that gives you the power to gain wealth so he can establish his covenant with you. Psalm 115, may the Lord increase you more and more you and and your children. Um, Isaiah 58, if you're praying for your children, your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be the peace of your children. 
Um, if, if you're just needing the provision of God, the blessing of God, he, Ephesians 1, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Like, we've already got them. You know a funny prayer to pray? God, please bless us. Do you know why it's funny? Because God's like, already did. It's just in seed form. <laughs> um, if you're having problems in your health, Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquity and heals all of our diseases. Psalm 107, he healed all their diseases and delivered them from destruction. First Peter, by his stripes we were healed. It's, it's, a, it's a book of seeds. Now, here's what I know. I'm telling you all that, and you're like, oh, Pastor, I know the Bible. I know all those scriptures. Okay. There's a difference between knowing seed and planting it. There's a, you know, I was thinking about this the other day that, you know, they say many times, and I'll come back to this, but many times people miss heaven by 18 inches, the difference between their head and their heart. Because faith is not in the brain, it's in the heart. Like there's biology, by the way, that backs this up. There's a cluster of neurons actually in your heart where that's where you think and believe. So when the Bible says think in your heart, it, it actually is medically provenly, po medically possible. It's proven medically to be possible. Don't mess with me. I will make up words. <laughs> and I will convince you that you're weird if you don't understand them. Are, are you with me? And so this message is not about, do you know some seed? This message is not about, have you ever heard some seed? It's not even about, could I convince you that I studied this week and gave you a good message? This message is centered around one thing, that the word of God is seed but it's not the seed that you know that brings you a harvest. It's the seed that you plant. And you can actually starve to death in a warehouse full of seed because you know you have provision, but you didn't plant any of it because you're waiting on the sickle to be... It, you're, you're trying to use the sickle when God's giving you a bag of seed and a shovel. Like sometimes opportunity shows up in work clothes. Yeah, like totally. It's crazy. You know, everything that is alive today came from a seed. You came from a seed, right? The cow, the hamburger. Remember that guy, right? The Jesus chicken. That's Chick-fil-A if you don't understand, but... Um, it came from a seed, right? If you ate a salad, if you mowed your grass, like everything alive comes from a seed. Do you know why Jesus was life? He was the seed of God. Do you know why you're alive today? You've become the seed of God. Like every form of life that exists, it, it came from, from a seed. And so you need to understand that what Jesus is trying to explain is that in this kingdom, there is provision for everything you need. It's just in a seed. So, so, so number one, if you were writing down, if you were a good pupil and you wanted to, to learn, you would write down your provision is in the seed. The second thing you would write down is 
Your heart is the soil. Because <laughs> seeds have to be planted in something. And so in these parables, Jesus is always talking about seeds and soils. Seeds and soils. And so if we back up to Mark 4, verse 3, he's going to talk about, this is called the parable of the soil, but it also um, talks about seed. Right? Because the kingdom of God is like a man scattering seed. Was he scatter the seed on the soil? So Mark chapter 4 says, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up. And since it had no depth of soil, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced good grain. And it goes on to say, it increased into a harvest yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. And he said, he, here's this phrase, he who has ears, let him hear. He wasn't preaching to deaf people. He was preaching to people that could hear and totally missed it. And Jesus goes on and he goes on to kind of explain some things about this parable. And I'll get to that in just a minute because he talks about the soil. But, but first of all, here's the reality that he's telling us is that the kingdom of heaven is like seed, but seed produces nothing till it's sown. It has to be planted in, in order to produce anything. Um, interesting enough, I read an article one time um, when they got in the, the pyramids and Pharaoh's pyramids and all that. I mean, these things are, I don't know, 4,000 years old or whatever. They actually found seeds. And they planted the seeds. And they grew. Why? Because seeds are powerful. They'll grow, but, but for 4,000 years, they didn't do anything. Why? They weren't planted. And so seeds have to be planted to produce anything. And, and I was thinking about this um, uh, last, I think it was last weekend on a, on a, on a Saturday. There's a lot of people in our church, a lot of people who are going through things and, and, and your thing is your thing. And let me say it another way. Your pain is your pain. And if you're going through something that's hard, it's painful and it's painful to you. And that's, that's valid. And, and that has value and that means something. But we do have some people in our church who are going through very critical things. In fact, I would say impossible things. And last Saturday, I don't know, I was just, I was at home and kind of doing my normal Saturday thing. And my Saturday ends about uh, 2.30 because, you know, we have the Saturday evening service. And so I just, I have a half a Saturday at home and then I go to work. And, um, and so, but, but I just, I, I don't know, I just was so burdened for one of these families. And so much so that I thought, well, I need to pray for them. And my house is not quiet because I have little people in it. And they multiply because they invite other little people to my house. Right. And so it's never really quiet. And so, uh, so I just told you, I said, you know, I, I, I need to go pray. And so I'm just going to walk around the neighborhood. I like to do that. My neighbors think I talk to myself. It's really awesome. They, the good thing is they leave me alone, which is kind of the point. Cause I don't want them to bother me cause I'm having a conversation. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, so I'm walking around and I'm just praying and praying and praying. And I'm like, God, I know that there's provision for this family. I know that you have provided everything we need here. And, and I was just praying, and all of a sudden I realized I kept using this, I know, I know, I know. And I thought, man, the kingdom doesn't work by knowledge, it works by belief. Amen. And I thought, God, how can, how, how, like I know it, but I, I want to believe it. And, and I, you know, people have a problem getting, getting faith from their head to their heart. And, 
And I just thought, God, you know, what is it that we miss in this culture where we know so much about you and believe so little about you? And I love, the, I love God because he can answer it while you're still formulating the question. He's really cool. It's like he knows what you're thinking. <laughs> and so before I could even get the question out, immediately I thought, Joshua 1, 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate in it day and night. And be careful to do all that's written in it. And then will you make your way prosperous and then will you have good success? I thought, oh, it's not the word that we know that gets in the heart. It's, it, our heart. it's the word we meditate on. See, we read the Bible like Look Magazine, like it's a religious obligation that has some encouragement. And we kind of read a scripture in the morning during devotional time, get in our car and cuss people out on the way to work. And we wonder why our lives are not producing kingdom provision. You know I'm telling you the truth. Some of you cussed your spouse out on the way to church this morning. And you got here late, and it was their fault, and you're still trying to get over it, and you're going to miss the seed. You think I don't know? Like, I live in the real world, too. I didn't cuss my family out this morning. They were asleep when I left. <laughs> Anyways... Um, no, I don't typically cuss my family out. Really, I never do I cuss my family out, which I think is a good thing, considering my profession. Uh, anyway, so, um, but, but, but we, it's the word we meditate on. It's the word we meditate. Do you see what I'm saying? Head to heart. Head to heart. Oh, I know what the Bible says, Pastor, but, ooh. Head to heart. Head to heart. It's like, stop that, please. Stop right there at the sentence. Because we don't need to go beyond that. Because you're about to explain why it doesn't work for you. You're about to explain how there's been no drive through window with your blessing in it. Because that's somehow how we treat God, right? It's like it's been a hard week. We want to drive in for an hour and a half on Sunday morning. God, I'd like a number three that's got anointing, blessing, provision. Could you supersize that for me? Um, and I'll drive around to the window. But the kingdom doesn't work like a drive-through. It works like a man sowing seed. And so we have to meditate on it. So in Mark 4, Jesus talks about the soil because there's two things that work here. There's seed and soil. They have to come together in order to produce provision and results. And the seed is a constant is what we find out. But the soil's not. There's some variables. In fact, Jesus gives us four. And then he tells us what they, what they mean. But he says, first of all, some seed fell among the wayside. The wayside. What's the wayside? Have you, I don't know if you ever worked in a garden. I grew up with a grandfather that, that tried to turn everything into a garden. And he could grow anything. And, and he, we would till up the, the, where we're going to plant. But then there was the wayside. It was in between the rows where you walked. Right with the like, like you don't till behind the tiller. Has anybody ever been to a farm? Do you understand what I'm saying? The tiller is here. If you walk behind the tiller, you trample the ground you're trying to cultivate. So you get the tiller and you pull, you know, and and you just kind of let it go like this, right? The, the, just shake your head. I'm telling you the truth. Okay, it's like really that's how you did understand. 
I thought you just drove through the window. I don't Anyways, but, but so in between the rows is where you walked and that ground gets compressed. And if you throw seed in there, it can't grow. Why? Because it's on soil that hasn't been cultivated. And so you could kind of look at it this way. It's like what he said is the seed falls and because it can't work its way down into the dirt, the birds of the air, by the way, birds of the air in the Bible is always a type of the demonic. That's why he explains it, that Satan comes and steals the seed. In other words, if you come into church and the soil is not prepared, it's possible for someone to throw seed and Satan to get it before you get out of the building. Because there's times I'm preaching my guts out and you're thinking about how your husband ticked you off or how you're hungry and what you're going to eat or what the kids are doing or we're going to the lake or the car broke down and what's happening is seed is hitting the wayside. Are you reading your Bible thinking about the problem at work? What's happening? Seed's hitting the wayside. What is seed on the wayside? It's seed that never got planted. How much seed has been thrown at your life that didn't get planted? So, so he said, that's one type of soil. It's not cultivated. It can't, can't take seed. It's, it's not doing anything with the seed. And if we don't do anything with the seed, Satan comes to steal it, lest we should do something with the seed. And then he said, there's the stony ground. Stony ground is lightly cultivated, but it's got some hardness under it. So it's got enough broken ground. The seed can take root, but it's going to run into something that's hard. And it's not going to be able to to prevail. Soil is your heart. And this soil is so hard... I'm just going to give you a minute to catch up because <laughs> I've already done this once. In other words, our heart, our heart can be hardened to the seed. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, God, how does our heart get hardened to the seed? And I realized, oh, oh, yeah. We guard our heart from faith, our expectation, because we've been disappointed And when we get disappointed, we presume by God, we reduce our faith to a level that can't hurt us anymore. Oh, come on. Come on. This is not a place to be religious. Oh, I don't know, Pastor. Just my heart's just open. Yeah, then what are you believing for that's impossible? Well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be disappointed. Like you can tell the measure of the hardness of your heart by how many impossibilities you're believing for. We think hardness of heart has to do with blatant rebellion toward God, and absolutely it could. But most of the time, for believers, hardness of heart is about us safeguarding ourselves from disappointment. I believed and it didn't happen. I'm not going to believe like that again. Right? I mean, John the Baptist struggled with this, if that makes you feel any better. I mean, John the Baptist was baptized in the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb, from Elizabeth's womb. He was Jesus' cousin. His whole ministry was about making space for Jesus. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, right? That's what he has like his whole, are you with me? 
I mean, he's the one that, that, I mean, he's told when you see the Holy Spirit descend like a dove and remain on someone, that guy's the Messiah. And then he watches it. He baptizes him, and he's standing there. It's like, whoa, this is the guy. In fact, he said, this is the Lamb of God. This is someone I'm not even worthy to untie their shoe. But then John gets thrown in prison because he confronted Herod about an ancestral relationship and now John's been sentenced to die because some chick could dance. She won Dancing with the Stars and the prize was John's head. Are you with me? And John in prison sends a message to Jesus. The Jesus he preached about. And says, hey, are you the guy or do we need to look for somebody else? Why? Because you're not doing what I expect you to do. Come on. And then Jesus sends him a message. There are seven signs of Messiah. And to give you the short version, Jesus sends a message back. Tell him the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf, you know. And he walks through the whole thing. But you know, he, he only sent back six out of seven. Do you know the one he didn't send back to John? Freedom for the captives. John would have known that. What he was telling, and then he said, blessed is he who doesn't stumble because of me. And this is what he was saying. John, I'm really the guy, but you're not getting out of prison. And don't stumble because it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. Don't let your heart be hardened. Don't let your love grow cold. Sometimes we just need a good sing-along, don't we? <laughs> is it preaching or karaoke? Yeah, it is. <laughs> right? And I think sometimes we need to understand that just because it didn't work out the way we thought it should have worked out, we need to be careful or the soil will get hard and we'll reduce faith to a level where we can't be hurt. And then we never see the provision of heaven. Like I know it's a struggle. All right, let me, I got to go on. But so there's stony ground. Then there's, then there's the thorns and, and the thorns, this is where it springs up, but then the thorns choke it out. Let me give you a different picture. Let me give you a different picture. This is where we sow seed, but, but then life happens and we vacillate between faith and doubt. And when we vacillate between faith and doubt, we plant seed. God, you're my provision, and I'm tithing. And God, this week is the week of breakthrough, and the car blew up. God, that wasn't the word. That wasn't, it didn't work. It didn't work. Like, obviously, if God told me he was going to provide, then everything would have gone great from here on out. Can I help you with something? Most of the time when I get a word from God, it hits the outhouse before you get to the penthouse. Are you with me? Right? Can we just be honest? Has anybody else had that experience? Praise God. He's preaching now. And so here's what happens is we plant the seed, but then we start looking at what happened and we actually doubt what we're doing. You know what? We dig the seed right back up. Oh, it didn't work. It didn't, that one didn't take. And then we work ourselves back around to faith. Okay, plant the seed again. Oh, it didn't work. We dig it up. 
It's what James talks about when he says in James chapter 1, verse 6, he said, but let him ask in faith, not doubting. Let, let's just be honest. It's, that's easy to read. It's not easy to do. Because we live in a broken world. Are you with me? Can we all agree that is easy to read and not easy to do? I just want you to know, if you're in this room and you're like, I'm doubting, it's okay. That's one of the disciples' nicknames. <laughs> Welcome to the club. But let him ask in faith, not doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven, tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded and unstable in his ways. It sounds like a rebuke, but here's all James saying. When I, when I have faith and believe God's going to do something, I plant the seed, and then stuff happens, and it's like, oh, God's not working. The Word's not working. This, And I dig it up. I'm double-minded. I'm vacillating between faith and doubt. And I'm letting doubt keep digging up the seeds that my faith planted. Are you with me? All right. And then he gets to, then he gets to the good ground. Then he gets to the good ground. This is, this is a heart that is cultivated. What you need to understand, and this is what you need to understand very clearly. The heart is designed by God to grow seed. Okay. In fact, Mark 4, 28, we read it. But remember, earth is heart, ground soil, right? Soil is heart. Seed is word. And so he said the, the earth, the heart, produces by itself first blade, ear, then full grain and ear. In other words, the heart is created to grow what's planted in it. And say so another way, the heart will grow whatever you plant in it. Why do you think God's word says, guard your heart with all diligence? Because out of it flows your harvest. Plant racism in your heart and see what you get. You, you cannot place racism in your heart and not get hatred. Right? Plant pornography in your heart, see what you get. You can't put that in your heart and get morality. Plant greed in your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is why we have to protect our hearts and guard our hearts with diligence because, listen to me, if Satan can't steal seed, he'll sow tares. Remember the parable about the man who went out and sowed wheat in a field and then the bad guy came in the night and sowed tares with the wheat? What is a tear? It's genetically altered wheat that pulls from the soil, looks like wheat, but produces no fruit. And if he can't take the seed, he'll just sow something that will rob the soil of nutrients and not grow anything. Are you with me? And so we, we guard our hearts. We guard our hearts because they grow whatever we plant in them. Plant bitterness. Plant unforgiveness. Or plant grace. Plant forgiveness. Plant trust. Plant faith. Plant Love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, let me. There's one part of this parable that kind of got to me, and I'll, I'll land the plane here. Or I'll maybe crash it. <laughs> Either way, it's, it's going to be over. But, <laughs> but, but put, put this verse up. Mark 4, 27. We, we, we read it, but he said, Kingdom of heaven is like man sowing seed. 
And then it says this, he sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he doesn't know why. I think what baffled me is what it doesn't say. Because it didn't say he goes and works in the field. And it doesn't say he even goes out there and waters. It just says he plants it and, and then takes a nap. And gets up and then goes back to sleep. And one day he wakes up and it's like, oh, the harvest is here. Great, I'll get a sickle. And I'm like, that's weird. Because I've, I've worked in a garden before. And there's, that's how you spell garden, isn't it? W-R-K, I think is how you spell it. <laughs> and I've worked in a garden before. And I'm like, wait a second. You got to get a Jesus, what are you? And I realized this, you know, do you know seeds, do you know what they have to have in order to, to grow? The right atmospheric conditions, right? There's a mixture in our atmosphere that enables seeds to grow. Just like we can breathe because trees produce oxygen. The plants can grow because we have this mixture of carbon dioxide, oxygen, and nitrogen all mixed together, right? And that's the perfect mixture to get things to grow. That's why they're, they keep trying to grow stuff on Mars, right? And does, does, the problem is there's not the right atmosphere. Okay, the kingdom of heaven is like a man sowing seed, but, but there's soil and there's seed, but it has to have the right atmosphere. And in the kingdom, the atmosphere is always rest. It's so much so rest that the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 4 says, work to rest. Labor to enter into rest. See, the kingdom is a kingdom of rest. Do you know why? Because the work's already been done. There's a reason why. There's a reason why Jesus on the cross said it's finished. There's a reason why the Bible says that Jesus is seated. And there's also a reason why Paul says we are seated with him. The atmosphere for seed, because here, here's what we do. Here's what we do. We plant a seed and then we get, get over it. <laughs> or what, you know, right. And then we dig it up to see if it grew. Did it grow? No, okay, I can't put it back down. Did it grow yet? No, I don't. No, I'll put it back down. And it can't grow because we're digging it up, putting it down, digging it up, putting it down, digging it up, putting it down. We're dancing around it, working around it. And now we think that it's up to us to grow the seed. <laughs> when the truth is the seed grows, if you just put it in the soil and just rest on it. And the next day, when the thorns, when life happens, they're like, oh, life's happening, but that's okay. I got seed in the ground. I'm going to go back to bed. Are you with me? Really? Like, it didn't work out. It's not working fast enough. It's okay. It's okay. Because if there is seed in soil, there's a sickle that's coming. If there's a seed in the soil, there's a sickle that's coming. You just have to put the seed in the soil 
and then rest on the fact that if there's seed in soil, seed will do what it's designed to do if placed in soil. You don't have to make the seed grow. You just have to plant it in the right soil and then go to bed and wake up and go to bed and wake up. Well, the car blew up. Go to bed and wake up. Well, the mortgage is due. Go to bed and wake up. Well, I got a divorce degree. Go to bed and wake up because there's seed in soil. And if there's seed in soil, there's a sickle day coming. That's good preaching. (laughs) Why don't you stand?